0: Welcome to the Two Wealth Show, a show that shares how you can create real wealth for you and your family. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Bogard, and my co-host is Elizabeth Sickles, aka Super E. I am a real estate note investor, specializing in performing residential real estate debt. I find the deals, acquire them for my own portfolio, as well as educate investors while walking them through the process of owning a real estate note. My co-host, Super E, a real estate investor, specializing in short-term rentals and the management of them. She connects investors with short-term tenants and manages everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Brightpath Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. You can find out more information by visiting our websites at brightpathnotes.com and elizabethmayora.com. Hi, welcome to the Two Wealth Show. I'm Justin Bogard, one of your co-hosts, and this is episode number 12. Ooh, and I am Elizabeth with Elizabeth Mayora. Hi Elizabeth.
1: Hey Mr. Still, Bogard.
0: Still in, still kind of in quarantine, right? We're obviously still on the Zoom call recording the video cast if those of you that follow us on our video channels. Um but Elizabeth, I'd like to give uh, kind of a shout out to uh, this episode is, is brought to you by Integrated Health Solutions, and the owner of that is Mr. Dr. Charbel. He's actually became a close friend of mine. He's is uh, uh, sponsoring this episode. And so Dr. Charbel does acupuncture, he does uh, soft tissue, and he does chiropractic work. He also has an offshoot business that focuses on the healing of the body outside of, of those things. So like things like cryotherapy, magnesium floats, infrared saunas, and um, there's the therapeutic, I guess I call them therapeutic cuffs, if you will. Um, I know that you've experienced this as well at Dr. Sherbell's office, but uh, I like kind of like the chiro, the, the cryotherapy part of it where they put you like in this chamber, if you will, you're standing in this chamber. It's almost like a tanning bed, but a vertical tanning bed, if you will, and your head kind of pokes out the top, and then it has like nitrogen in the in the system, and it, and it kind of fogs around you, and it makes it super cold. It's like I don't know, like negative one hundred and seventy degrees or something in, in there. And your body is in there for a couple of minutes, and then you walk back out. You're so cold, and you get hit that warm air, like just you can just feel the blood like rushing to all your extremities. It's kind of kind of a neat feeling. But a lot of athletes use this stuff to help them heal faster and recover faster from workouts and stuff. So, um, I love it. So I love going to Dr. Charbel and integrated health solutions. How about you?
1: Yes, he's fantastic. I've done the flotation therapy, which is the most relaxing, um, thing ever. So I highly, highly recommend it. And I've done the infrared sauna, which is, Also relaxing and I love the heat. So it's very hot opposite of the cryotherapy Uh, and then all of the health benefits as well. So I also highly recommend Dr. Chabelle and his staff They're They're really fantastic. So check them out,
0: please. Absolutely. We thank them very dearly for uh, sponsoring this episode for us. So Elizabeth, um, we've been going through quarantine and the COVID-19 and all that stuff since since March. And obviously when we're recording our podcast and video cast here, we've obviously been having to do it over Zoom, like we mentioned before. And so we've seen some some regression and progression throughout the stages. And so as of this recording, we're recording in, in early June for this episode. Uh, so what kind of changes have you seen um, that that you can kind of kind of highlight from your perspective from Beginning of that March time period to now, then also what's what's on the horizon for the business that you're mainly in with short term rentals?
1: Sure, we've seen it, it's kind of like a roller coaster. So of course yeah. we had a huge, you know, March was awful for us. Part of April, so we had over seventy five thousand dollars in cancellations. Oh. But what's really interesting is as fast as it went down, it's come right back. So, for example, the last four weekends in a row, we've either been 85% or 100% booked every weekend. Oh, wow. This coming, yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. And what we're seeing is, and the really important thing. So, of course, we lowered rates um, in the beginning of this, and then we've been slowly increasing them, and we've increased the last two weekends in a row. Okay. Um, so, we're, we're super thrilled about that. Our average stay um, prior to the middle of March was about four nights. And actually right now, our average stay is back up to about three and a half nights. So while we're not, we're just starting to see, we really cater towards the business guests. Okay. Um, But we're just starting to see business folks, which really kind of started about a week and a half ago, coming in. So, which is really, it's fantastic news. Um, we've seen what's been, so there's bad and good and everything, right? Right. Um, So we're just, we're going to talk about the good of this. And one of the things is that you have a whole segment of folks that before, for whatever reason, they would not stay in a short term rental. Well, now they want to be somewhere where it's a private entrance. You don't have all the foot traffic. So we're getting a lot of requests and even a lot of newbies saying, well, normally I stay in a hotel, but I don't feel comfortable right now. Um, we've had a lot of that. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I feel for the hotels. I mean, they're, you know, they're a great yeah. accommodation as well. But obviously my, you know, I'm, I'm glad people are seeing the, all of the benefits of short-term rentals.
0: Yeah. So you you mentioned the average uh, stay is three and a half nights, you said. Mm-hmm. So is that over a weekend or is that just at any time during the week?
1: That's at any time for, so we've been booked, like I said, we've been booked up over the weekends, right? But what we're seeing is that people are taking longer weekends. So before, uh, people just just checking Friday and out Sunday. Yeah. Now we're seeing, actually, that we see more people checking in on Friday and out on Monday than anything. Um, but then we're also getting five-night stays. We have two-week stays. We have a lady that's here. Um, she's going to be with us at least a month. Her dad just had a lung transplant. So... Um, we're we're kind of seeing the whole gamut, so to speak. The other thing that's really interesting is that we're seeing uh, people that they were supposed to be having family vacations maybe in Florida or in the mountains. Well, they don't want to travel that far. So they're coming here instead.
0: That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm not surprised to see the the Airbnb or the short-term rental business pick up because everybody's been kind of, Locked in their cabins, so to speak, and had that fever, and now they just want to get out and go somewhere. and, and it makes sense not to travel long distance just yet, and might not st- why not stay local, but stay somewhere different, and just give yourself a different perspective and a different view uh, when you look out the window or step outside. So that's uh, I'm glad to see that the the business is coming back, and hopefully it, it stays strong for for a long time.
1: And actually, just on the short or on the short distance as well. Yeah. So this is for Airbnb specifically. 70% of the bookings right now are within 200 miles of, um, of the person's home. So actually Airbnb is making some different enhancements to their app so that they're just pulling up houses and properties within 200 miles of wherever you're opening it at.
0: Yeah, that's like what, a three hour drive or so?
1: Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. depending on how fast yeah. or slow you drive.
0: How how far your right foot goes to the floor, right of the the vehicle? That's right. (laughs) So that's good.
1: Yeah. So how about how about for you and and notes? What are you seeing now?
0: Yeah. So what what has transpired is in March, kind of people, kind of from our perspective, they kind of shut down on investing in kind of general. Everyone was kind of holding. To see what happened, a lot of people thought that they were going to see some short sales and some foreclosure opportunities pretty quickly. And uh, on this side of the business, I know that that's not really possible because banks have to charge off loans and and such. So it takes a while to see that sort of change. But um, people were just holding dry powder, as they say, waiting for opportunities. And March and April were like that. We didn't really see a lot of people investing like they were, obviously, in February, January and all the months prior to that. Um, we, we really didn't change our model internally with our portfolio. We, we still kept finding opportunities and and going in there and going after them. But our, our investor clientele really didn't do a lot of activity in March and April. They kind of just held held their pattern, just was waiting for opportunity. And then March came along and it kind of changed. Several people started to uh, want to invest a little bit more and, and it got stronger and stronger. So all through May, we kept seeing more and more. Investors out there doing trades like they were in the in the months prior to our our quarantine or the COVID nineteen hit, and then fast forward to today in June, it's, it's we're still seeing seeing that uh, happening. What we're what we're focusing on now as our company model is seller financing. We're seeing a lot of opportunities, Elizabeth. Like every week, we're seeing people that uh, just are either struggling um, to find a house, and if they find a house, they're struggling to get the appraisal where it needs to be because things are getting overinflated. And so seller financing becomes an option for them. And so if the seller of the home is willing to carry some of the financing for the borrower, then um, that, that makes a pretty interesting opportunity for them. So seller so financing in general is just, just becoming a, a better option for people not only to have cash flow longer term, uh, but there are people that are struggling to, to make their mortgage payment. And that's where, as you know, Elizabeth, in the business, when you um, buy a property for somebody subject to the first mortgage. And so you can actually take over and make their payments for them while you pretty much own the house and you're paying on their debt. And then you can either rent the house for more than what you're paying the subject to mortgage for, or you can wrap a note around it. And so wrapping the note around those subject to mortgages is becoming a very popular strategy now versus... You know, over the past couple of years, it wasn't as popular uh, just because you weren't seeing as many opportunities as you are now. So that's that's kind of what we're seeing now. Um, investors are, are investing that, the ones that have the dry powder, so to speak. And then the seller financing and, and the different facets of seller financing, like I described, is what I'm seeing today as, as being kind of the hot, hot things to do in the note investing.
1: Excellent. Do you think that we're going to see or you're going to see a continuation of that?
0: Absolutely. Um, I think we mentioned on this episode before, maybe when we interviewed Joe, Joe Von Rondor a couple episodes back about how Chase Bank had sent out some media about the, their minimum requirements to do a, a conventional financing loan, which a conventional financing loan is a loan to where the borrower would put, you know, like a 20% down payment or something larger like that. And so Chase was saying, or Bank Bank of America, I think it was Chase Bank um, said, or JP Morgan Chase, they said like a 720 credit score and like a 20% down payment were the minimum standards that they would consider doing a conventional financing loan. Before that, it was more like, you know, a 600 credit score. And it was probably, you know, 10 to 5% down payment. So lending practices got tighter and tighter and we're seeing that still today. And I don't know when they'll be lifted because it's really not up to the banks. It's up to, as you learned a couple episodes ago, Fannie and Freddie and Jenny Mae, they kind of dictate what they buy from the banks as far as the criteria. And if if they are looking for um, borrowers to have more skin in the game and and a higher credit score, then that's the paper that they're going to write up. And that's going to be their, um, their, their product, if you will, to consumers at a bank. So consumers are going to have to look for other ways to acquire properties and to get um, bank financing. And they won't be bank financing. It'll be seller financing. And so that's why we're going to see that continue to be very strong for, for at least the remainder of this year. I can see that. <clears throat>
1: I'm, I'm sure you know this, so I'm interested to get your opinion as well. Yeah. Wells Fargo probably two or three weeks ago had said that they're not going to loan um, on automobiles, that they're not going to loan to car dealerships on autos because they don't think people are going to be able to make the payments. So what kind of a ripple effect do you think that that's going to have in the housing market as
0: well? It, it can. It, it's tough to say how it'll affect it, but it will affect it. Uh, the bottom line is these large banks, like we keep mentioning, they're, they're tightening their lending criteria and they're lowering their risk because they don't, if they don't see a consumer buying their borrowers end product, which is the car dealer, then they don't see that as a viable option for them to continue to lend because they're, they're getting tighter and they're getting squeezed on their side as well. So then again, the car dealerships will have to get creative and they'll have to offer creative financing to acquire those cars from them. So. It may not be the consumer that's the problem. It's just the lending practices and the lending criteria that the banks are 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 um, getting tighter and tighter on. So it just makes it harder and more challenging for businesses or for people that are getting those conventional bank loans to get them. So it's happened before in in our whole cycle of being in this new age world with you know getting loans and getting um, acquiring financing from somebody. It's just now we have to look at it that we have to provide the seller financing guess guess what in the 1980s you know the, the interest rate was like sixteen to twenty percent on you know bank loans so which is why seller financing was so strong in, in the 80s and stuff because um, there was just a different opportunity so when people can't get money from the bank they have to rely on other ways to get that money so I just think you're going to see more and more of those opportunities not just in real estate obviously but thanks for bringing that up about the auto industry as well so you're going to see creative financing because just like if you go to a used car lot you know it's like You know, you buy here, pay here, or you can extend pay here, so to speak. Because they'll find creative ways, which is how they actually make more money to just let you borrow the money. No credit, no problem. No down payment, no problem. No license, no problem. I don't know (laughs) what license. But you get it. And so that's, that's, we just have to get more creative about what we do. So things will change, but we always find a way to adapt to it. And I hopefully, Other businesses and um, industries will be able to adapt that way and not rely on the big banks so much.
1: Uh, Absolutely. So this is where, especially if you have cash or you have investments that you can leverage and doing the seller financing, doing any type of creative financing is huge. And actually, when I took um, all the the classes that Robert Kiyosaki was um, owners of for the education classes. I took the class creative financing taught by the same instructor three times because it was so fascinating and it just took, because he went through 20 different ways to do creative financing. And so there's, there's always a way to get, to get the deal done.
0: Absolutely. There's still ways that I'm learning how to do creative financing from my mentors. They, they have been the business for 30, 40 years and they, they, are bringing back strategies that they did in the 80s and the 90s because it's just relative to the cycle of today's real estate economy if you will. So you you have to think you really have to think outside the box. We've always been a standard box like okay, let's put our money here, this is what we do with it and then it grows at this rate and then when we retire we're going to have this much money. Well, we have to learn that when the economy changes and our financial stock market changes we have to adjust for that and figure out how to move forward and grow our money and grow it the way we want with the most security, which is why you and I are both in real estate because that's what we believe in the strongest. And um, it's just showed its resiliency through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to uh, somebody the other day about the economy and how this coronavirus came through and it definitely affected our our standard economy, meaning our stock market and our stock exchange and stuff like that, but our real estate market, Elizabeth, it really didn't change a whole lot. Maybe some areas dipped, but I didn't see it in, in at least our local market and what we do every day. We really didn't see a change in real estate uh, property value, which just tells you how strong our our market is for our, our selling market right now.
1: Uh, absolutely. And we're still, you know, we've had we had a couple of our guests that were, had sold their property and was waiting to find a new property. Um, so we have a new, we also manage traditional rentals as well. And we have a new tenant, that a new resident that his house in Broad Ripple sold much quicker than what he thought it was going to sell. Um, and, and this is not an inexpensive rental property at all. I mean, the rent's $1,700 a month. So he's going to be with us for at least a year. That's nice. So yeah, it's kind of you know, too. Indy, we're we're kind of in a way. I mean, we're so diversified in our um, in our economy and all the 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 segments that we have here: healthcare, aerospace, automotive, um, tech. Tech is huge here. You know that it's. And you know, I don't know if we've seen all the all the downfall kind of from from all the COVID nineteen, but at least so far, we're still we're still strong.
0: Yeah, it's there's such a demand for all of our industries, not just real estate but other industries that it's just hard for I can't see us failing quickly. I think it may take a while to have some sort of fail in the system if there is going to be. But it just seems like there's a need. Like you just mentioned technology, there's need for technology because guess what people did during the quarantine? They had to have computers, they had to have internet, they had to have um a a uh, platform like Zoom like what we're on right now too be able to chat with somebody to be able to talk to family to be able to I mean there for everything that's bad that happens there's always something that good that happens you know as far as an industry so I just see because of what we just went through the past couple months how important it is to be set up virtually and how important it is to continue to be a hybrid of both you know in-person things and also being virtual because I can I can see us being in some sort of Um, I hate to use the quarantine, but some sort of restriction to where we won't be able to do what we did in February for for quite some time, because I think there's always going to be some sort of restriction that they're going to say like, oh, you know, maybe they get up to 100 people in a room at the same time, but they want you to to wear masks. I mean, it seems like there's always going to be something. So it's going to be very difficult to have a lot of in-person things without everything being totally lifted, so to speak. So being virtual and being adaptable to this environment. And obviously young entrepreneurs like us with small businesses to where we don't have to have a storefront, so to speak, it's easier for us. Cause we can, I can hop on my, just put my backpack on and go wherever I need to with the internet connection and I can set up shop shop there, so to speak. And that's how I've always been in this business. So it's, for me, it wasn't a, a, a big deal to adapt to stuff. I don't, I don't know if you experienced the same way. Um, uh,
1: It's, you know, one of the things just on the technology is that I've been really big on the tech part from when I started the business. And one of the the other really great things about, about my properties and other short term rentals as well that implement technology is that we are, we're virtual check-ins. We don't actually check people in, so they get their special code. It's only valid during their stay. And we've had a lot of, um, actually guests that have messaged us and saying, Hey, How does your, how is your check-in process? How does it actually work? So, I mean, that's even, you know, that's paid off. I mean, from the beginning it was paying off, but especially now. Um, So I'm, I'm a huge advocate of tech and and my team, they worked remotely before. And obviously we have to go to properties and stuff. um, But they've always, the only time that my team had to be in the office was for our operations meeting. And that was once a week. So um, so I, I think flexibility for schedules, you know, if you do own your own business or even if you don't own your own business, but that's that's even more key now. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah some industries, they don't have the luxury of, of doing what we're doing to meet with people and stuff online just because they're they're so involved. Like just, you know, the, the trades, the trades groups, you know, with electricians and plumbing and HVAC and like landscaping groups and other things that have to do with real estate, just because that's top of mind. I mean, they really can't have too many. They, we can't have a lot of virtual things because they have to be more hands-on. So that that kind of is what it is because they're essential, anyways. Um, but the rest of us can, and that can mitigate some of this stuff going around as well. So there's there's my little little uh, two cents of information about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you know, so overall, I mean, we're we're really thrilled um, with with where we are right now. Um, in the short term rental market. Our rates are high. Um, I don't know. We're not going to recover from the conventions that have been postponed this year. I mean, that's that's just not possible. But I will tell you that my clients are very happy with where we're trending. The other nice thing that's happening as well is that just the end of last week, we started getting bookings for the end of July and then for September also. So that's normally we open our books six months ahead of time. Um, that changed earlier this year. And now we're opening four months um, at a time. So the fact that they're booking that far out is really good news and just shows the confidence that people have in, in the trajectory.
0: That is awesome. You're right. It, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. It's, it's the confidence that the consumer has and what's going on. Or quite frankly, maybe they're just sick and tired of staying at home. And it's like, <laughs> Well, we're going to go no matter what.
1: <laughs> and we have um just too we've hosted because you because you've mentioned it we've hosted a lot of even look like local local people people that live in indianapolis who are just sick of looking at the same yeah. four walls so we've had a ton of those type of guests um so and and we'll we'll take them
0: <laughs> absolutely i believe it too mm-hmm. elizabeth um We're running out of time here on this episode. We we uh, got to talk. I didn't realize how long we were going into this episode. But, uh, anyways, do you want to have some closing thoughts about what we talked about today?
1: Sure. So, I I think overall, you know, really for both of our industries, there's still a lot of opportunity. I actually just looked at properties last week um, for a new client. So, I I looked at two properties um, for two new clients, as a matter of fact. So, I'm I'm really, really encouraged um, by what's going on. So, I would just encourage people to keep an eye out for everything and make sure that if you are going to do investing, run your numbers, make sure you're confident with it and get started.
0: Absolutely. That's a great closing thought, Elizabeth. And I'll just kind of echo what you said about uh, doing your due diligence. You know, Check the person you're buying from and check your investment very thoroughly and make sure your risk is mitigated by several different factors, especially in real estate. So get a hold of one of us. If you're interested in either one of these industries as an investment opportunity, we both are educators and uh, a free will of information. So we often give information away because we just love to do that. So anyways, I'm Justin Bogart. My company's is Bright Path Notes. This episode is sponsored by Integrated Health Solutions, Dr. Charbel.
1: And I'm Elizabeth with Elizabeth Mayora.
0: All right, so don't forget to check out the video version of this episode on Bright Path Notes YouTube channel or Elizabeth Mayora's YouTube channel as well. This is episode 12. Until next time, guys. Thank you. The Two Wealth Show is produced by Justin Bogart and Super E, sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. Thanks for listening and watching for our show.